Thank you for listening to Voices of Grace. I'm Ryan Peterson. I'm with the communications team here at Grace Community Church. If you're new to our podcast, I have conversations with followers of Jesus who are on mission and sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, and that can be in East Texas or that can be around the world. Today, I'm excited to talk with Sandra Nieves. She is the Mission Operation Director for Grace Community Church. She basically makes Stephen Whitcliffe look good. Uh, that's what I'm going to say, Sandra, as she laughs. Um, Sandra, thanks for taking the time to talk with me today. Um, you do so much for um, our missionaries that we do support, um, and you've been a missionary yourself. Uh, Sandra was actually born in San Juan, Puerto Rico. Um, so, Sandra, let's start there. Um, I know you came to know Jesus as a teenager. Can you kind of take us through that and how that led you into this life of being in, being on mission? Yeah, thank you, Ryan. So I, I received the Lord in my heart as a Lord and Savior, um, and I was 12 years old. Okay. Never forget the experience. I understood the gospel. I understood that I needed Jesus. I understood my sinful nature, <laughs> and I knew that I needed him to save me and to transform my life, even, even when I was just 12 years old. And... I remember that day, it was a very hot day in the islands. Um, and I just, I, I just knew I need, I need the Lord in my life. And I never went back. I lived from him, for him and I've been living for him since. It was, it was a truly transformation in my heart and in my mind. And that's when I started to get into the word getting to worship, asking the Lord so many questions. I don't come from a Christian home. Okay. So um, it was kind of the first generation that it was fully Christian and following Jesus the way I did. Um, although my parents were saved, they were not living the life. Mm. And um, and me, my sister, my sister and I, we, we were the first one that we really, truly understood what it what it was to live for God. So I want to, because you're, you're saying at 12 years old, and it sounds like you were very passionate at that time. Yes. So at 12, um, I'm picturing my own daughter who's 12, <laughs> um, and, you know, obviously she's immature a lot in her faith, mm-hmm. and were you asking questions um, if, you know, if you were saying, you know, maybe your parents weren't living that life? Mm-hmm. I mean, who were you looking to, or how did you start to know Jesus better and get into the Word and what you were going to do with that? Well, I went to a youth camp, okay, um, a YWAM youth camp, Kinskits, and that's where I started to um, be part of that community and being discipled by um, a YWAM back in Puerto Rico. We still um, went to church, and we were part of a church, but um, well, my parents, they didn't know how to live it. So I always looked, I remember, Ryan, <laughs> um, um, just opening the Bible and reading the strong um, mm. and trying to figure out what that means. And it w- I was only 12 years old, yeah. but I was still trying to figure out, what did you mean by this? Why did you write this? Asking myself questions. So I look up a lot to my youth pastor, which he was amazing, and to the discipleship through missions that I received. Okay, so at what age did you start thinking about mission, a missional life, you know, around the world? And I mean, because that is such a huge thing. So were you thinking about that as young as 12? Or at what point did you start thinking about that? No, but 
um, my my heart and my passion for the world and for the lost. Believe it or not, it started. My mom used to receive the Time magazine. Okay. And that was the time of the Rwanda, the Tutsi, and the Hutus yeah. um, conflict. And I remember for many months just reading about it. And at one point, I remember saying, I would love to be there and help. And it was it was cruel. I mean, the pictures and all that, that is, I still have it in my memory. Yeah. But that was around, I was like 13 or 14 years old. And that was my first awareness of the world. There's something out there, and I want to be part of it. Um, and through the discipleship with YWAM, that's when um, I started to pray and ask the Lord, I really want to do this. Would you let me do this? You know, because I didn't know how to pray. Is this is your will or <laughs> things like that? But right. I knew that if I would ask him, he would tell me if I was going to do that. So then um, at what point you're now connected to YWAM? Um, so how did you, I guess, get to the point that you left Puerto Rico? And because and, you've lived um, mm-hmm. in several places. Can you kind of take us through that and where you've been and where you've served? Well, I did my discipleship training school. And then after that, I served for a couple of years in Puerto Rico, and then I moved to Tampa, Florida. Okay. And that's when I started traveling um, and doing um, discipleship training schools as a staff and in different nations, um, South Africa, India, different nations around the world. Had you left Puerto Rico at all before you then went to Tampa? Or had you been at? Yes. You had, okay. Because yes. I was curious, when you start going to Africa and some of these other places, how much um, was it culture shock was that for you? Did mm-hmm. it change your perspective on things? Or I mean, what was, do you remember maybe how big of a change that was for you? Yes, it was. Um, although I was doing missions already. Yeah. It was still a cultural shock. And, but that, that's the beauty of missions is to be able to go and learn because every culture is different. So it was good to go and learn how do I approach this person? How, what do I say in this manner? Do I eat first or do I eat last? <laughs> do I eat everything or not? <laughs> right. So, um, all right, we talked about um, that time. Where, take me into your, your marriage. Um, I know you had a loving husband. And mm-hmm. um, for those of you that don't know, Sandra lost her husband um, nine years ago. Yes. Um, can you kind of take us in that journey, though, how you two came together and mm-hmm. were, you were both serving? Yes. So can you kind of take us through that story? So when I was serving full time in, in missions full time, he was as a volunteer. He would go every weekend to serve as a young person and serve the mission and be there doing a lot of uh, evangelistic events. That, w- that was his heart to do. So we met through that common serving, and we met when I was 16 years old. Oh, wow, okay. Yes, so um, finally I went and I traveled the whole world. He did his school, his university. I came back to Puerto Rico when I was 25, and that's when I married. Okay. So um, take us through, he he got sick, um, I, I know it's painful probably, mm-hmm. um, but can you kind of take us through what happened? Um, and how long had you guys been married when he got sick? 
We were married 13 years. Okay. Um, he got sick, and it was it was very intense because he, he, his cancer was already stage three. Oh, wow. When we find out that he had cancer. Okay. Um, and where were you guys at when he found out he we had We were to, in Puerto Rico. You are in Puerto Rico, yes. okay. All, all this, we just went through all everything in Puerto Rico. Um, so we had a business. When we married, we still wanted to support missionaries and being able to go out. So we decided to start our own business so we could have the liberty just to come in and out whenever we want and use our finances the way we want it. So we had a business um, and um, a company from the U.S. bought a business a couple of years before that. So he was traveling a lot and he was doing a lot of things. But that Christmas when he was diagnosed, uh, we knew something was wrong. He was very tired all the time. And this was a 30-year-old man, mm. very strong, tall, strong. <laughs> it was not normal for him to be that tired and to be so out of shape and so um he was diagnosed that christmas i think it was 20 2010 that christmas of 2010 and you guys had three kids by that time we had already um yes i had three children okay so um you guys have served the lord you've been missional um at this point are you are you like angry at God? Are you like God? What is going on? Like we're, we've been faithful, and, and this happens. And I mean, what what were you guys feeling at that stage? Yes, yes. At that moment of him being diagnosed, between him being diagnosed and his death, I was trying to raise three babies, <laughs> uh, run a business. I'm trying to help him to run the business and keep it af afloat uh, with everything we were doing. And asking the Lord a lot of questions of not the why, but okay, how do I, but what do I do now? Mm. So I take him to this doctor and then I do this. And I was trying just to do to make sure he will survive and he will live. And um, I did all the spiritual disciplines, Ryan, imaginable. I fasted, I prayed, I got up at three in the morning. I, we did everything. We went through the natural route. We went through the chemotherapy. We went everything to make sure that he will make it. When it did not happen, that May 18, 2014, at 4.45 p.m., he passed away. And I remember telling the Lord, I don't understand. I have done all this. I have loved you all my life. I have served you all my life. And I don't understand why your answer was a no. And that was a very, very key point in my life where I was trying to figure out how to keep loving a God and or a God that can say no to. Yeah. So what... What did life look like then after after he passes away? Um, did you distance yourself from the Lord? Um, I mean, you have you still have to raise three children. Mm -hmm. um, life goes on. What did it look like after that? Yes, I did. I um, that Wednesday when I when we finally bury him, 
I say to the Lord that night, you know what? You are up there in heaven. I'm down here. Don't talk to me. I'll call you when I'm ready. Literally like that. It was like, I don't want to deal anything or do anything with you. So for three or four months, I just left just to make it happen. And I um, took over his businesses and I was just trying to keep everything afloat because I had no other option. That's what I thought in that moment. So on September 20th, 2014, Ryan, never forget, got out that morning, minding my own business, doing my own thing. Um, I have a full agenda of meetings that day, just checking my phone and doing all this. You know, I was just living for me and doing whatever I wanted because I have been asking the Lord all my life for his will. And I didn't want to ask him anymore. And that morning, I knew that the Lord was waiting for me. So while I was making my coffee, I felt the presence of the Holy Spirit saying, are you ready? Like, are you done with this <laughs> theater and the, all this that you are going through? Are you done? Would you let me be God in your life? And that's when I understood, oh, my Lord, I, I don't know you. I don't know. I don't understand your will. I don't under, uh, understand your sovereignty. I don't understand this. And it was, it was like a like a second chance for me, that moment. And I say, yes, I need you. It, there is no way to go through this without the Lord. And people that do, I, I don't know how they do it. So what did that look like after, you know, you've, you've come back to him? Um, did, you, did you start seeing changes uh, in your life? And I guess within your grief, you're still grieving. I'm sure you always are. Mm -hmm. um, but could you start to feel his presence? Did you start to heal maybe a little more? What, how did, what did that look like? Well, it was a process. And um, if you know me, I'm very stubborn. So. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, <not you>. impossible. <laughs> and I go like, what, really? Mm -hmm. You know, I ask a lot of questions. And I do believe when I get to heaven, the Lord is going to go like, oh, my, she's here. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man, I want to see yeah, that. Yes, so, okay, she's going to start <laughs> asking questions again. <laughs> so, um, but yes, the process of healing started that moment because I turned my, my heart and everything and all that grief and everything to the Lord. And I remember praying. The only prayer I could say was just his name, Jesus. For many months, I think that almost a year or two years, it was just Jesus. And then my prayer life started to, Jesus, help me. Mm -hmm. Jesus, what do I do? God, I need you. That, that was my prayer life. That was it. <laughs> so I, um, it was a turning point because I had three babies with me. Yeah. So I feel that I didn't have too many options. <laughs> it was like the only person I have, real person I have, is just him. And that's when everything started to change at home. That's when um, I moved to Florida to be closer to my family. My what year was that that you moved to Florida? 2015. Okay. I moved there. Um, my mom was living there. My in-laws were living there. And I wanted the kids to grow close to the yeah. grandparents. And then I stayed in Florida for six years. 
six, seven years. And uh, those years were very, very important in, in um, I needed to decide if I was going to work full time, if I was going to work part time, what I was going to do with the kids, what was my new budget, all these things, so many things at once. Ryan, I remember the first time I had to do my taxes by myself. Mm. I cried <laughs> in that parking lot because I did not have the strength just to get out and give the papers to the to the CPA. Mm. <laughs> So those are details that you go through and you go like, okay, it's a, but those years in Florida, it helped me to grow and to do a new foundation in my life. Knowing that God is sovereign, he, he, he decides, we like it or not. And it's up to me to receive from him anything he has in store anything so you're in florida for what six seven years mm -hmm. so then how do you go from there to joining us here in east texas and our grace family i got so tired of the hurricanes boarding up and <laughs> it was just no i'm just kidding i knew florida was a transition from the beginning but I knew that I needed to learn a lot, a lot of um, lessons that I did learn in, in Florida. So COVID came, I got very sick. I felt that I was dying, I was not dying, but you know, when you get very sick, you feel that you're dying. Um, and then I asked the Lord, mm, I think that um, it's time to ask you again. I don't know what COVID does to you, but you like ref reflect in a, in a lot of things. So I started asking the Lord again, am I doing what you want me to do? We are into a new year. What is this right? I want to do what you want me to do. And that's when the Lord spoke to me, say, well, if you want to go, you can go. If this is the time and the season for you to go to another season in your life where I'm going to show you something else is something different. That's what Tyler, Texas has been for me. It's, it's still, it's what you say. I still grieve. I miss a lot of things. I miss my husband. Yeah. Um, last Sunday I had to take all his journals and things out because my oldest wanted to know about him more. Mm -hmm. And I sometimes I think I have to do this three times, yeah. <laughs> but but the grieving is changing. You grieve because you love and because you miss the person, but not anymore because you don't have a hope, or because you don't have the Holy Spirit to help you grieve in yeah. a in a healthy way. Do you picture him though? I know it's easy for me to say when I'm not the one that lost a spouse, but. Do you allow yourself to picture him in the presence of God and in paradise? Oh, yes, okay. definitely. And he's asking a lot of questions. Too. <laughs> <laughs> he was, he was, he loved to study the word. He was always quoting the Bible. He knew that Bible, like, yeah, he knew it. And he was very deep in his thinking. Mm -hmm. So I know that he's asking the Lord a lot of questions, driving him crazy, probably. <laughs> so you you end up getting taking on this role with our missions team yes. um, at Grace. 
Uh, how big of an adjustment was that for you and your family, but also a, a blessing? Uh, mm-hmm. And um, I know you had had a relationship with John Ray mm-hmm. Morales, our communications uh, director, and just all that coming together was, I guess, was it just a, a picture of how God has been faithful to you through all this? Yes. So at one point when he passed away, I thought that I was never going to go back to missions because there was no way. Mm. How am I going to do this without any support and trying just to figure out how to just live a new normal? Yeah. So for all those years, I just put missions in the back of my mind and just leave it there, but always wanting to go back to missions. And I prayed when the position came out. I prayed and I said, oh, Lord, Hmm. oh, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel that it was God's um, gift for me to be able to serve the kingdom through missions again. I might not be there, but in the field, but I'm there. I can see the passion because, you know, working the communications team, you've been very helpful with for me um, with getting people on the podcast. You're so passionate about it, though, and um, really getting these stories out there of missionaries we have serving around the world. And even here locally, why are you so passionate about that? People need Jesus and they need they that's what we are called to do even even if you're not in missions full-time or not it doesn't matter you're called to bring the gospel and maybe i'm passionate about jesus and i channel that passion through what i do um i'm always talking to my children about the world and how people need you and your relationship with the lord so Maybe because my passion is Jesus. I'm glad you brought up your children. Mm-hmm. They've been through a lot. Mm-hmm. They lose their dad. Um, how difficult has this journey been for them? But then how awesome is it for you to see their love for the Lord? Um, and it, um, your son is going to be a missionary. Yes. Can you kind of walk us through their journey um, and just how awesome it is, that how much they love the Lord? Yeah, for my oldest, um, Dan, he... He just turned 19, he'll, he'll be 20 now in fe- February. But he just completed his discipleship training school in Italy. And he has a passion and a call for um, the uh, the persecuted in Middle East. Wow. So I struggle sometimes with that. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want your babies to do that. <laughs> but I know that he does not, he's, he's not my possession. Mm-hmm. He belongs to the Lord. Yeah. And I'm going through that phase now of understanding again, I am sovereign, Lord. the Lord is. I do as I please because you have given me permission to do that, even with your children. So, um, yes, Dan is just um, getting ready to go to the nations as well. Jonathan and Victoria, they want to serve in the church. So for me... It's um it is it has been a lot of things that we have gone through therapy and counseling and but I always tell the kids listen and these were my husband's last words Ryan he said to me Sandra faith comes by hearing not by what you see you might see chaos you might see that there's no way but if you close your eyes and you hear his voice 
you will do it and you will make it. So I always tell the kids, listen, guys, you can cry, you can be sad, but you cannot stay there in that stage. And faith in the Lord just comes by just learn how to hear his voice and obey. If you learn that, you got this. Because you might see in your natural eyes chaos and you might see so many things that are not right. But when we focus on him, that's when faith comes in. Preach, girl. <laughs> that's great. You got me tearing up over here. Um, I do want to ask you before we, we wrap this up, um, someone may be listening to this and they're dealing with loss in mm -hmm. some big way and uh, maybe they're searching for answers or they're they're asking questions or they just don't understand what would your encouragement be be to that person listening um, to this interview and and they're struggling with loss they're struggling with with the Lord and not understanding what would you want to tell them yeah it's okay to go through that it's okay to cry. It's okay to be confused. It's okay to be mad. It's okay. It's okay to feel all these emotions and all these feelings. They're normal. We are human, and um, the Lord knows that. But it is not okay to stay in that place. We have to grow. We have to come back to the Lord and say, hey, I'm feeling like this, and I need your help. Yeah. Sometimes when you're grieving, and not only in the loss of a husband or, or a child or whatever, but when you're grieving something that you have lost, you just, I tend to go no, um, quiet with the Lord. And I have learned to go back to the Lord and say, hey, I'm feeling like this. I need your help. That's all my prayer. I don't, I don't do big prayers. I don't do any of that. But I know that he's hearing me and I know that I'm putting everything back to him because he's the only one that can help me go through. And to understand, I'm in point A, and I need to get to point B. How do I do that without you? I can't. So um, all these years, these nine years, I have learned to go through the grief, go through the loss. Oh, Christmas is horrible for me. Oh, yeah. It's, it's just a season I go like, oh, this is it. But I have learned to take back my Christmas and say, listen, guys, let's cry. And I gather all my children. We cry for five minutes. Like, okay, that's it. Let's put some salsa here. And then we dance. And then we have our Christmas time because we cannot stay there. We have to go back to the Lord. And I was going to say, you know, you've had this tremendous loss, but you look at where that loss has taken you. And you're here, and I see the joy that you have in serving. Uh, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure you love what you do. Yes, um, do. Could you have imagined that you would be able to get back to this point yes. of, of serving the Lord mm -hmm. and having such joy and being able to walk in every morning and being a light with our staff and, and the mm -hmm. smile? Could you have imagined that, I guess, nine years ago? No, no. But I remember I prayed so much. I think that it's just embedded in me so, so much. <laughs> I remember Ryan that once I passed through my only prayer of Jesus and Jesus helped me and just very short praise, prayers, I started to declare the word of the Lord in my life. And the only verse I did for many years, I think that four or five years, was 
your joy makes me strong. And I am strong because I abide in your joy, Lord. And I think that I said it so so many, and I declare it so many times in my life, and I still do. Sometimes I go like, I can do this because your joy is with me, Lord. Help me to do this. You're with me. Um, That it's just just part of me. I I cannot imagine, and I would, yeah, it, it, it was just... Um, nine years ago, I was not like ready to smile or to do nothing. Yeah. Well, Sandra, I will say it is a joy to have you uh, on our staff here at Grace to serve alongside you. I, I really do want to thank you. Um, one, all you do for our missionaries and what you do uh, for our mission team, but for sharing your story being vulnerable. Um, thank you so much for coming on. You told me you were really nervous, but you were great. Um, but I, I really do. You have such a powerful testimony and it glorifies God, right? And, Amen. and that's, that's the point of this is to yes. glorify God. But thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you, Ryan. Uh, thanks again. Again, I am Ryan Peterson. We appreciate you listening. This has been Voices of Grace.